Amen. You understand that we're in a fight. We're in a fight. And when we're soldiers, you don't get to take the weekend off. We're in a fight. We're in a fight until we win the fight and ultimately till Jesus returns. So we're in a fight to win. We got to realize that the fight may be in more on more than just one front. I mean, we need to fight for our nation. Yes. yes. In the spirit, we need to fight for this nation. We need to fight for the expansion of the kingdom of God. We need to believe God for for the lost and and, and to bring them in because when Jesus comes, we want to take as many as we can. There's a fight spiritually not against the, the cancel culture, but against the spirit behind it. Not the people, but the spirit behind it. We're in a fight against the woke crowd. Not them in particular, but the spirit that's behind it. We have to fight. I heard a preacher say this week, if you feel it's your responsibility as a believer to stop the spiritual and moral decline of society, you'll quickly become discouraged and worn out. But if you concentrate on advancing the Advancing God's kingdom purposes by positively impact, impacting one life at a time, you'll be encouraged and renewed. Let me tell you what that preacher is saying. He's saying you don't need to fight against what's happening in society. And all you need to do is one at a time because you'll get too tired. It will wear you out and you'll be too tired. It's interesting to me that uh, over the past few decades it's been this overemphasis on encouragement and renewal and getting your stuff that's been happening in the church that has kept us from seeing what's happening in our schools, in in Congress, in the halls of power, uh, in the media. It's, it's blinded us. It's, it's the focus on being consolated that's made us look the other way from the Holocaust of abortion. And the church has, has been asleep at the wheel, so to speak, because uh, she just wants, to, I just want to get my stuff. I just, I just want the Lord to give me my stuff. We've got to understand, there's, there's a fight to fight, and we need to fight the fight. We need to be willing to fight the fight. We can't be weary. The Scripture says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In particular, that's talking about money, is what it's really talking about. But it's, it, it's true in all of Christian life. We must not get weary. It seems like it's impossible to turn this nation around, doesn't it? What, what can we do? It's impossible for us. What will it take? I'll tell you what it'll take. It'll take a miracle. And we know the one who specializes in miracles. And that's what it's going to take. On our part, we need to not give up and not quit and not lay down. We need to understand that if we're going to do what we need to do, we must have the mind of Christ. We must know what we're supposed to do. If we're spending our time thinking on how bad it is, how hard it is, how much we don't like this media or this politician, if if that's what our time is focused on, we're not going to accomplish the plan of God. We're going to have to spend time in the spirit realm thinking the right thoughts for us to do the right thing, to be in the right place at the right time. Amen. This is going to be really be good. Some of you are going to love this. Some of you are going to hate it. <clears throat> My text, I'm going to start tonight in Romans chapter 12. Now I'm probably going to use this text for several times. 
This is verse 1. The apostle says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by fasting. No, that's not what it says. By praying. No, no, no. By having a bunch of people put you on their prayer list and praying for you. No, that's not. It helps, but that's not what he said. It says, and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How would you like to know the perfect will of God? See, look, we just found out how to know it. Now, if I was teaching a group of lost people tonight, my message would be, you must be born again. I mean, that's the first step. You've got to be born again. But I'm not. I'm, I'm teaching a group of born-again born again Christian people. And so the most important thing I can tell you tonight is you must renew your mind. Christians need to have their minds renewed. There is a lot of garbage in Christians' minds these days. We've listened to a lot of false teaching on faith and grace that has to do with me getting whatever I want as opposed to giving God whatever He wants, yielding ourselves to His kingdom. How many of you need some kind of change to take place? I think we all need some changes, right? How many of us really, really want to know the will of God? If the answer is yes, then we must determine what are we thinking of most of the time. Because we know the will of God as our mind is renewed. See, I told you, some of you are going to hate it, some of you are going to love it. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 1, verse 9. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, the Christian religion, which is different than Christianity, the Christian religion teaches that we can never know the will of God. Oh, you never know what God will do. That is not from God. That statement is not from God. Well, we don't know what the will of God is. The Bible teaches us that it's God's desire that we know His will. Amen. So here's the key to knowing His will. We just read it out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That's the key to knowing the will of God. Now, the Bible says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Don't be conformed. I'd rather be trans than conned. We're going to be formed one way or another. You're either going to be conformed or transformed. The choice is actually ours, all right? But we're not to be conformed to the world but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove, so we can identify the will of God. Finding the will of God and then doing the will of God is what this is talking about. All right? I mean, I, I just have this thought. If I can just find out the will of God and then do it, 
everything's going to be fine if I can just do that, right? Just find his will and do his will. It's going to work out. It ought not to be that Christians can't know the will of God. The author of the book, the author of the Bible, lives in us 24-7 if we'll allow him to speak to us, if we'll allow him to rise up inside of us, we'll know the will of God. So the problem then is our mind. If our thinking was already okay, we would not have been instructed to renew our mind. So that means that as far back as the Apostle Paul, they needed to change their thinking. We need to change our thinking. The word renew here in the Greek literally means to renovate. Now when you renovate a house, you tear out the walls. We need, we need total redos in some of our minds. We need to tear out a lot of the junk, the stuff we got from this world, because we shouldn't be thinking like the world. Praise God. There are some good people on conservative news networks. They're not the standard. We need to begin to think, what is God? We find out what does God want us to think. The Living New Living Translation says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I'm reading you the Bible, isn't that right? We're talking about the Bible here. Romans, verse 2 of Romans 12, is the key to becoming a different and better person and knowing the will of God. And this is very, very important. Again, we're not going to get there by asking other people to, to fast and pray for us. We're going to get there not by getting mama and them to get the prayer group together. We're going to get there by changing the way we think, by being transformed by the renewal of our minds. So what, let me ask you this. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking we need to be transformed. The word, the word here is talking about we must be changed based on the way we think we will be changed. And then they will be saying, wow, they've changed because we have been transformed. The contemporary English version says, don't be like the people of the world. I don't know if you realize this or not, but peer pressure didn't end with high school and college. There's still peer pressure. I mean, Tammy and I were at, at the grocery store a few weeks ago, and they were making these announcements about COVID-19 and different things. And I said, why are they saying that? Everybody knows what they're saying. And Tammy said, I mean, just that fast, because they're trying to brainwash us. Now, I realize that most of us need a brainwashing because some of our brains need some washing. <laughs> but we don't need our brains to be conformed to the standards of the world that violate the standard of God's Word. We need the Word of God. I mean, we, we, we need to know that. There's pressure to conform. There's pressure to conform. And you know that's true because during 
the pandemic, if you walked into the, the grocery store without a mask and all the other ones had the mask on, there was pressure to conform, right? Pressure. Pressure conforms. Pressure forms. There's pressure, continuous pressure. Society is a lot like the, the, uh, uh, the automobile uh, assembly line. When they make the fenders and, and many of the, of the pieces, they, take, they, they have a form. And they put a sheet of metal and they put pressure on it. And they pull out a fender. They pull out a door because the pressure forms it. The pressure of the world conforms our minds. We need to make sure we understand tonight. We choose what forms us. We either be conformed or we can be transformed. All right? We've got it. We, it's, it's our choice. We choose. We choose it by choosing what we think on. Thoughts are transforming based on that scripture. They're transforming. Let me just say this. My mind is my mind. Your mind is your mind. You get to choose what you think on. You choose it, not me. We get to choose what we think on. Listen, in our in our in, in churches, because I hear people talk in society, people don't value their words and they don't value their thoughts. If you want to know what somebody's what somebody's thinking, listen to what they're saying. So let me ask you this important question here. What is a word? What is a word? Okay, I'll give you the answer. A word is basically a thought capsule. It's a thought conveyor. A word, when I speak in English tonight, my word conveys my thought and you understand my thought. Now, if I'm speaking a language that nobody understands but me, it's, it's doing me no good to speak the words because they're not conveying the thought. Okay, but, but generally speaking, a word is a thought capsule. Words are thought containers. When I speak a word, it contains my thoughts. Because I've been giving these thought capsules since I began speaking here. I'm, these, these are containers of my thoughts. Okay, right now, right now we're all on the very same page because the words that are coming here are coming from the thoughts of God because we've taken God's word and his word are his thoughts. So if I want to think, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm getting way ahead of myself. If I want to think the right way, what do I need to think about? I need to think God's thoughts. Because if I think God's thoughts, I'm going to speak God's words, and I'm going to get God's results. I'm way ahead of myself, but let's, let's talk about this a minute. So what then are God's thoughts? We've already said it's his word, but, but think about this. God made the earth. His thoughts are revealed in creation. They're all revealed in creation. What does God think? Well, he thinks flowers and trees and mountains and hills and rivers and, and, and bears and, 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 and birds and, and fish. He thinks life. God thinks life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Before that, he says, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God's thoughts are life. The devil's thoughts are death. That's pretty simple. 
God's thoughts are life. He thinks that. When we get to heaven, I'm gonna, we're going to be amazed. We're going to get to heaven, and there are going to be a lot of things that seem very familiar to us because we've already seen his thoughts and his ways here. The difference is there'll be no curse attached to it there. Amen. No curse at all. But we, we already know. We already know how God thinks. He thinks life. Okay, Adam and Eve commune daily with God in the garden. Wouldn't that have been fun? To commune daily with God in the garden. They communed over what God was thinking about. That would have been awesome. I mean, that was amazing communion beyond all description to walk in that garden in the cool of the day talking about, well, God, what are you thinking about today? Wouldn't that be awesome? What are you thinking about today? Just to think his thoughts, to think what he was thinking. And Adam and Eve had the capacity in their brains before the fall to use all of their brains and their thoughts at that time were the thoughts of God because God was filling their minds with his own thoughts. They fell because Satan introduced other thoughts. He got them to begin to rationalize the word of God. Satan spoke lying thoughts. He spoke, he spoke deceptive thoughts. I mean... The other thoughts, these other thoughts conformed them to the origin of those thoughts. They were no longer being transformed. They became conformed. Whosever thoughts you receive, that's what you're going to become like. Yeah, but I can't help what I think. No, no, you can't help what comes into your mind, but you can help what stays. That's your choice. Kenneth Hagin used to say, if a bird flies over your head, you can't control that, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. So our thoughts are, we control what stays, what we think of. Let me read you an interesting verse. This is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. This is about Noah and the coming of the flood. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and listen to this next phrase, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The ima every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. There was so much power in wrong thoughts that it brought destruction on the whole planet. Everybody, the only exception to this was, was Noah and his sons. The whole planet was destroyed because the thoughts conformed the people to the plan of Satan. All thoughts matter. Everything you think matters. The scripture says, we're not going to study this tonight, but the scripture teaches that we're supposed to bring every thought into subjection. Why? Because they all matter. Every thought matters. And every thought is wanting to form you into something. We must understand the significance of every thought. Every thought. So what is a thought? What is a thought? Well, it's not material. It's not something physical. I mean, in our world, we've created this world of mental. You know, you, people want to take a mental day. A, a mental day. Well, the Bible says you're either carnally minded or spiritually minded in Romans chapter 8. So you're thinking, you, you, you have these things in your mind. If thoughts are not physical, then they must be what? Spiritual. 
Where, where, what is the origin of all these thoughts? It's interesting when it says, it says that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The word imaginations here means a forming or a shaping. A shaping, a forming. It's the same word used in Genesis chapter 1 where it says God formed man out of the dust of the ground. God formed him. God shaped him. There in, in, in Genesis chapter 6, every forming of the thoughts, every shaping of the thoughts were, were, were of, of his heart were only evil continually. I mean, God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Where was man before God formed him? In the thought of God. God was already thinking about him. God formed him from his thoughts. He, 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 he had the thought and then he formed the man. Man was already formed in the thoughts of God. Before, before anything we know about, God had already formed this man. Before he, before he formed the earth, man was already formed in God. And, and not only that, every man, we'll talk about this later, but every man was formed in God. In Adam, every man was formed because God saw every man in Adam. So an idea or a thought is a shape. It forms something. It's a mold. It's a spiritual force that can shape something from that realm into the physical realm. For example, a potter. He's got a wheel. He's got a lump of clay. He has a thought about what? the vase should look like. Before he ever makes the vase, he has a thought. He, has, he knows what he wants to do. He makes the shape. He, the, the vase was already formed inside the mind of the potter. All right? I mean, it was already there. Before he even begins with his hands, it's already been shaped. Every thought comes from somewhere, and every thought is endeavoring to form something. Endeavoring to shape you. Evil and destructive thoughts, thoughts of death, thoughts of failure, are an attempt by the enemy. He wants to put them in your mind because he wants to form you. No, he wants to conform you to the way of this world. There are thoughts of prosperity, success, holiness, life, freedom, deliverance, all those wonderful things. Those are thoughts from God, and God wants to transform you from the power of darkness into the power of his marvelous light. Man, there are thoughts that you can begin to think. I mean, I don't want you to do it right now, but you can begin to think them, and it'll raise your blood pressure. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll make you perspire. It'll make you angry. Why? Because there's power in the thoughts. They affect you physically. They're forming something. And yet there are other thoughts that when you begin to think about them, you calm down. You relax. Some thoughts you can think of, and they'll make you smile. I mean, just think about your granddaughter jumping in your arms and hugging you and giving you a kiss on the cheek and telling you that she loves you. See, some of you are already smiling because you already know it. That's a great thought. All right? I mean, you just think about it. That thought had the power to come into this realm and shape your life just then because you smiled. It made you happy. See, it, it, it formed it. The devil wants to bring thoughts that will rob you of peace rob you of joy, strip you of your potential. He wants those thoughts to come. I mean, we're here today, and we, we are 
what we have become based on what we have been thinking. That's where we are. I mean, well, you know, you just have to love and accept me the way I am. No, no. I have to love you, but I don't have to accept the way you are. Because we can all change. I mean, we all can change. We can be transformed. I mean, I don't expect for, God didn't expect for me to stay the way I am. He expects me to be continually transformed. You realize our life here on this planet is the shortest thing we're ever going to do? I mean, we're, we've got eternity to gaze into His Word. I mean, we, we, we don't have to accept the way we are. We can be transformed. We become the way we are over a period of time. Skills, jobs, relationships begin as a thought. One time, I saw this girl playing softball. Her name, and this person was woman said, that girl, is, her name is Tammy Barnes. And I had a thought. She's kind of cute. That thought became a covenant. That thought became a family. That thought became children and grandchildren. Now we're a tribe of people. All because a thought came. Thoughts are very powerful. I mean, when you, when you think the thought, I mean, man, it, it changed. Perhaps you thought about, maybe you wanted, I think I'd like to play the piano. If you keep thinking that thought, you're going to start playing the piano. I think I'd like to quit cussing. That's what I had one time when I was younger. <laughs> and you know what? The thought changed my action. We don't need to be conformed to this world. We're supposed to be different than the world. We're supposed to say no if they're saying yes. We're supposed to say I can when they say I can't. We're supposed to be different than they are. We're supposed to be thinking different. We must learn to avoid thoughts that are contrary to what God has said. If we entertain those thoughts, we'll become them. If we entertain the thoughts on the media about how mad we are at the Democrats, we're going to become angry people. And I'm going to tell you this, angry people don't win the lost very well. I mean, that's what they're thinking. They're just angry people. And we need to be angry at the devil because we can be angry there and sin not. But we don't need to be angry at people and think we can have a witness in the world. We don't need to be conformed to those things. We must get his thoughts on a regular basis so we can be transformed and not conformed. The word transformed, the Greek word is metamorpho, and we get the word metamorphosis from. It's basically talking about changing at the cellular level like a caterpillar does into a butterfly. Changing, a total remodel, a, a total redo. It's a complete change, an entire change. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't need to be modified slightly. Most of us need true renovation. We need to totally tear some stuff out of our minds. We need our brains washed. Now here's the deal. Our brain, our mind, was not was not renewed at the new birth. I wish that I wish I could tell you that that was it. You became a new creature, but you became a new creature in your spirit. You still had the same mind, or the same you had the same mind, the same brain, the same body. You had all those things. All right, your spirit man was born again, and that spirit man came to life. The mind was not recreated. But it now must be renewed or you continue to have the same problems you've always had. So, we've got, we've got to change the way we think. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 6 says, 
It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desires dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. A person's actions and words can temporarily be different than who they really are. But the reality is what we think all the time is who we are. That's who we really are. It's what we think. The Young's Little Translation says, For as he has thought in his soul, so is he. As we listen to the words, our mind, as we listen to the word of God, our minds are receiving his thoughts. Think about that tonight. We've been listening to the words of God and our minds now are receiving the thoughts of God. That's pretty cool, I think. I mean, me teaching here tonight began as a thought. I mean, I guess Gail and Kay had a thought. Maybe that guy could teach the word to us. And then they typed a text message. Their words communicated the thought that they had. Could you do this for us? It was a thought. But the thought became an action. Became, it came into this realm of being. I mean, just, just, I mean, just me even teaching the word of God. It began as a thought. One time I began to think, what does the word say, really say about this or that? I began to have another thought about how much people really need to know the word and not get away and, and get away from just the religion. Most people have no idea why they're baptized. They have no idea why they do anything they do. They don't know. It's just religion to them. People, I had this thought, they need to know what they're doing. They need to understand the reality of what the Bible really says. And I had a thought, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to teach the word to people. And immediately, the devil threw another thought. And, and he says, no, you can't teach people God's word. You're not qualified to do that. One thought came from God. One thought came from the enemy. Two thoughts. And, 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 and they were both trying to shape me because thoughts have shaping power. Thankfully, God just kept sending that thought and the mercy kept coming with it. And thankfully, it came and came and came. And finally, I decided I could teach people the Word of God. And I realized it's not me that have to hear. It's Him anyway. We've got to take a stand in our lives for the Word of God that will shape us for what God has said. Because that's what's going to shape us. We had, one time, we had this thought one time of starting a church in Dumas, Texas. We went up and this guy, we, this guy, the Christian guy that was there, we were riding his car and he said, well, I'm glad you come, but it's too bad you came 10 years too late. <laughs> we had a thought that we were starting a church there. He had a thought that we were too late and we were just wasting our time. Well, thank God we didn't listen to him because we started the church and our thoughts were we got to have a place to meet. we got to get the people and, and, and go see the people and do the things. And I mean, that church is still going today because we had this thought. We had a thought. I mean, we got to pay attention. When God gives us a thought, let me just tell you something. When God gives you a thought, it will excite you on the inside because it's God's Word, because it has life, because it's wonderful and it's glorious. I mean, you get this thought from God, then afterwards you try to figure it out. Now, how am I going to do that? How are we going to pay for that? How are we going to do that? And, and so when, you, when it gets into your head, into your flesh, then you lose your joy about it, then you realize you've got to know the thought that wasn't God's thought. You've got to stay with his thoughts. I mean, we, we mustn't allow that to continue. I, mean, I, I thought one time, well, why, why didn't God just tell me everything at the beginning so I don't have to you know, think any more about it? 
Well, that wouldn't require faith. And faith is the thing that pleases God. Faith has to be in it to please God. It's got to be a part of it before it pleases God. We, faith is what draws his favor. It's what draws the grace to accomplish his plan. I mean, that guy named Abraham, remember him? He was God's friend. He hung out with him because he was the type of guy that God should show the stars and say, that's what your descendants are going to be like. And Abraham said, okay. The Bible says he was fully persuaded because he accepted God's thought. Even though he had no idea in the world how it was going to happen, he accepted God's thought. God's thoughts will thrill you. Think about this verse of Scripture. Psalm 92, verse 5. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. God's thoughts are deep thoughts. They're deep. How deep are they? Well, I don't know. Just try to look into the night sky when, when you're outside the city and see how many stars there are. Try to look across the Pacific Ocean as far as you can see. God's thoughts are deep. They're vast. They're wide. They're high. He has thoughts. He has thoughts that we, that at this moment we can't comprehend them. I mean, and he's created us with the ability to think his thoughts if we'll get hold of his word. We need that. Paul prayed that we'd be able to comprehend the height, the depth, the length of the love of God that passes understanding. Thoughts that can comprehend that. God created us to apprehend in this ability to comprehend his thoughts. To comprehend them. And by the way, we're just beginning to do this. Just beginning to do this. I mean, I mean, there's much more to come. Think about this. How far have you come and changed in the past 30 or 40 years because of God's thoughts? Because of God's word. How has that changed you in 30, 40 years? A lot. Well, what about 10,000 years from now? What kind of change is that going to make in you? What about 300,000 years from now? We're not going to be the same. We're going to be transformed. I mean, the Word of God changes us. I mean, this is just a flash of time compared to that, what it's going to be. I mean, how many, how many times has it happened to you that you read a verse 20 or 30 years ago and it didn't really mean anything to you? And you read it now, suddenly you begin to celebrate you begin to weep. You begin to repent. You get a revelation and you received it from God. I mean, the verse didn't lack anything. My ability to comprehend his thought is what lacked. But as I comprehend his thinking, comprehend what he's trying to say, uh, man, it's going to change me. His thoughts will be expanding in us for the next, I don't know, eternity. Just think, think what happens if you think the thoughts of God for a million years. That's going to, that's, that's going to be something. I mean, what, what's that going to make you? It's going to make you a son of God. It's going to make you look like Jesus. It's going to make you be like Jesus because of, of the words of God. I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be having this word and, and thinking the thoughts of God. We're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp for the next millennia. The, the thoughts of God, his thoughts will continue to transform us. And the more we ponder what he said, the more we ponder what he thinks, the more we'll be able to think into them and the more they'll excite us and thrill us. If God's neighbor in your thoughts... You've got a shallow life. We should, we should find ways to think his thoughts. Well, we, just thought, we just found out his thoughts are deep. How about this? Psalm 139, 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. His thoughts are precious. They're great. I mean, his thoughts are more in number than the, sands of, of, by the, the, the grains of sand by the, by the seashore. He has thoughts for you. 
He wants to get these thoughts to you and through you. The devil fights them. He wants to bring the negative and fearful experience and death to you. But we need God's thoughts. One thought from God, think about this, can get you out of the situation that you've been in for years with no hope, no answer. Just one thought from Him. It can change everything for you. One thought from Him and you say, well, of course that's right. You get up the next morning, just do what He said. With one thought from God, I mean, He can fix in a day or a minute what it took the devil 10 years to do to you. Just get a thought from God. We need to take every thought captive and understand that. The Lord said in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I mean, God knows these, these thoughts. God knows that they're going to produce and mold us into, into everything that he has intended for us to be. You might be here tonight and think, Well, I just need healing. Or I just need more money. Or I just need a better relationship. No, you need a thought that comes from God. Because the thought is going to transform you. The renewal of your mind. I mean, the thought God intends for us to be conformed to His Word, to what He said. The Apostle told Timothy, and I'm almost finished here. The Apostle told Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate on these things. Meditate's thinking about things. It's thinking about it. It's talking to yourself over and over, saying it again and again. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. That's an interesting passage. This is talking about transformation. We take the thought and we continually meditate the thought. And the Bible says eventually it comes out of us and everybody can see it because it transforms us. We're not conformed to the world. We are changed. It's like the verse in Second Corinthians says, but we all, talking about looking at the word, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we gaze into the word, gaze into the word, it transforms us from glory to glory, transforming power from the word of God because our thoughts are changed. Because we think differently. Man, thoughts will either transform us or conform us. The psalmist said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scorn. That's talking about ways people think. Blessed if we don't think like they think. Blessed if we don't allow their thoughts. Because if, 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 I'm, do, if I'm walking in their ways, if I'm sitting in their seats, I'm doing their thing, that means I've been thinking their thoughts. And he said, we're blessed when we don't do that. We're blessed when we think a different thought. I mean, the scripture says, it says, it says it's written that eye has not seen or heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love them. And some people say, see there, we can't know what God thinks. Well, you've got to go to the next verse. At some point in time, we've we, we got to go to the next verse. We've got to be brave enough to get past religion and read that it says, but God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. God reveals His thoughts to us. He reveals those things to us. We are blessed. We're empowered to rise to the highest place. Verse 2 of Psalm 1 says, But His delight, the man who ignores all that stuff and thinks on God, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and His law, and in His law doth He meditate day and night. We don't just have the law. We, 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 have, we have the New Testament. 
We have the Gospels. We have, we have the, the Epistles. We have the New Testament covenant. We need to meditate in the Word of God. That tells us what we're supposed to be thinking. When it's daytime, what are we supposed to be thinking? The Word of God. When it's nighttime, what are we supposed to be thinking? The Word of God. Instead of focusing all those things that, that make us angry, make us worry, it's either day or night, and we know what to think about all the time. And it says, and he shall be like. That means he is transformed. He's transformed to be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. God wants us to think his way. We've got to transform our thinking. Here's what's awesome. Over the last 45 minutes or so, we've been thinking the thoughts of God. We've been thinking what he said. We've allowed God to speak to us and to speak his thoughts to us. And if we'll continue to do that, it will transform our lives. We'll think right and we'll understand that we can change a nation. We can reach the lost. We can do all the things that God told us to do because we're thinking right. Amen? Let's pray. Father, tonight I thank you for your word. I thank you for the covenant we have in you. I thank you, God, that we can know your will as our minds are renewed. We give you thanks and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen.